Sarah here. Welcome back to another episode of Your Fucking Welcome. Today feels like a special one in the sense that it has been a while since I've done an interview. And so I'm excited to share this with you. Today I'm chatting with Laura and Betsy of The Luscious Hustle. And Laura and Betsy are business coaches who coincidentally have the same last name, but did not know each other, which is so like funny and random to me. Um, but they met each other online and connected, obviously, and just really set out to start working together and ultimately build this business together. And today, as it stands, they help women, coaches, leaders, entrepreneurs, really not only build successful businesses by you know doing what they love and taking that purpose and making money off of it, but to me, the even more incredible part of it is that they really focus on bringing the masculine and the feminine together. They're super into human design and helping women really optimize their business and their lives, right, through alignment, right? Making sure that they're doing it based on what feels best to their body, based on what feels best to their human design, actually allowing them to do it in this fully, fully, fully aligned way without the overwhelm, without the burnout. And I appreciate that way of thinking and their way of working so, so much. Um, it was funny because I, we did this interview and I was on their show the day before. And so, uh, I, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I think we talked about a lot of really incredible things over there as well. And so I would love for you to check out the episode that I did on their show. Um, but we just got into so many good things, everything from weight loss to, you know, talking about the way that that it's so normal in our society for women to be burnt out or to criticize women for being tired or burnt out and making sure that again, we're kind of stepping into this place where we're recognizing and honoring what we actually need and then working in alignment with that. And so I really hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to them. Let's dive in. So, okay. So one of the first things that I wanted to ask you guys, and I wanted to talk about is the name luscious hustle. Um, because I know personally like that I have a pretty positive, uh, relationship, if you will, with the word hustle, but it is such a triggering word for so many people. And, and I understand that. And so hustle combined with this luscious word, like this very feminine, uh, beautiful, sexy word. Like I want to hear kind of where that came from and just a little bit more about what it means to you. Well, it's funny that you start with like the hustle because actually at the beginning of our business, we were originally the luscious living podcast and we didn't have a business. We didn't monetize for the first year, but Laura was really sort of hell bent on the word luscious. And I was so triggered. Like I had spent 12 years in New York city. I guess I was a health coach, but like, I was like working in fashion and hustle was my, my modus operandi, I guess is how you would say it. But like, luscious. Like I was not luscious. I was sick. I was tired. I was overweight. Like I was all the things that luscious was. And Laura was like, Nope, that's the word. And I was like, okay, if she can hold the vision for that word, like that gives me something to lean into and hustle actually luscious hustle actually came about. We had had the podcast for a year. We were talking to other women entrepreneurs. Like we had no plan when we started our podcast. And it just organically happened that we were only speaking to women-owned businesses, like women who had started businesses, entrepreneurs. So there was this conversation about redefining hustle that was happening. Um, and our first, even before we changed our business name, our first product that we ever launched was called Luscious Hustle Academy. And I was thinking of like luscious and side hustle, and then it became like Luscious Hustle Academy. Um, and I, we had a coach actually who then pointed out to us that we were luscious hustle. 
that we were redefining the masculine and feminine. She used those terms like luscious was feminine, hustle was masculine. Um, and so that became the name and it just was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And we launched our first mastermind under luscious hustle, but yeah, it was funny because at the beginning hustle, wasn't the word that triggered me. It triggered everybody else. Luscious was the word that triggered me which I feel like you and I are on the very much the same page about that. And so, uh, especially because you guys have such a unique origin story and kind of like the way that you came together, I'm also so interested to, and and just talking about masculine and feminine, like the mixing of it all is something that it just fascinates me. And I think is so important and so powerful. And so am I right to kind of assume that, you know, you came Laura into this relationship, like, again, like the, probably the more feminine piece of this, And were you like fighting hustle? No, you know what? It's, we were both hustle. We were both hustle um, in different ways though. Like, cause so a little bit of our origin story, like Betsy and I have the same last name. We're not related. We're not sisters. We're not life partners. We are two total cousins, not cousins. Yeah. We are two total strangers who connected on an Instagram DM in 2016, started chatting, became friends. Then, you know, Betsy was in New York. I'm in Calgary, Alberta. So we're 3000 miles apart in two different countries. And she had this idea for the podcast, asked me if I wanted to do a podcast with her. This was like mid-December. Like I want to say on the new moon in December of 2016. And I said, yes. And we literally recorded our first website during like the, between Christmas and New Year's. And we launched January 4th of 2017. Like, boom, like just total beginner's mindset. Like, I don't know what this thing is, but let's just do it. And we'll figure it out as we go along. And that ended up being one of the best things that we could have done because we were totally in, we were such, such wounded, masculine, like hustle modes, the two of us that we would have overthought it to death. Like if we had tried to create a plan, it just would have been a nightmare. And so we just really actually like unintentionally and really not even consciously aware of it at the time went with the feminine, went with what felt good. And like, let's see where this takes us. I was obsessed with luscious because I just felt like it was just this baller word. I don't know. I'm a generator. That's my human design. Like when we get obsessed about things, we really get obsessed. And I was full blown obsessed with luscious. Um, And to me, it's funny because when we ask people, what, what do you think of when you hear the words luscious hustle? They're like big, juicy lips, big booty, sex, lingerie, like things like that. And I always find, and I get that, but I also kind of find it funny because to me, luscious is like this it's like Beyonce. It's like this badass woman who's powerful. She knows her power. She's sensual, but she also knows how to make money. She knows how to get shit done, but she can also lounge by the pool and just be like, there's just this like effervescent quality to it. And I felt anything but luscious at the time. I felt so not luscious, but I aspired to it. And I was so obsessed with it that I just pushed Betsy. I was like, we have to, I don't know. I don't know, but we're doing this. Like, don't, don't question it. And so we went with it. And then we really, honestly, each of us in our own ways grew into what luscious hustle has become. Like we set the standard for, for, and then we had to calibrate up to this vision that we had for our business of being this divine feminine led brand and business. The luscious comes first, the feminine, and then you fit the hustle within the umbrella of the feminine. So there's still that masculine, but it cre- it produces a feminine edge that you lead with as opposed to dominating or leading through the masculine. I think it's so interesting where like we all, 
everyone in business and, and I'm sure a lot of people who do personal development, you know, you sit there and you think of, you know, think of the woman you want to become and, you know, be her every single day. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like that's whatever easier said than done, but like, Mm -hmm. sure. Like it's a nice thing to aspire to, but I feel like what I'm hearing in a really beautiful part of this is like, you define luscious hustle as something that like you were striving towards the stakes were really low at that point. So it was just like stakes were low in the sense that like, you didn't have like the followers again, you're just like, okay, we don't know what we're doing, but we're just going to jump off a cliff and try it. And then I imagine just as it as it grew, as it went, it was like, oh, we have to step further into embodying the hell out of this thing. And then like, that's how you accidentally almost become the person, the woman that you want to be in this really beautiful way. And it's, it's nice to hear you share that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The funny thing was we launched the podcast and I went to a meetup with a bunch of entrepreneurs in New York city on my birthday. Right. So I was like going out for my birthday in the city. And I met up with a bunch of women that I didn't know, like right after we had launched this, it was about a week 10 days after we'd launched it. I think we had two episodes out. And I remember sitting at this table with like 20 women and saying to them, I just launched a podcast. And they were like, oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, how long have you been planning? I'm talking about doing it myself. And I was like, well, I, you know, called my friend up and we just decided and like, and they're like, wait, you got on iTunes. And I was like, yeah, why? And they said, how many downloads do you have? And I was like, I don't know. I think we had like 120 on our first episode. And like, you know, the other one just came out yesterday and they were like, wait, what? You had that many? And I was like, yeah. and they're like, well, now you have to do this, this, and this. And then all of a sudden it was very like, everybody had studied what it means to launch podcast. Nobody else had done it at the table. We had so no here, idea. We <laughs> had no people idea who know either. everything. Don't you know that? The people who have learned about it who haven't done it. Right. And so everyone was like new and noteworthy and this and that. And you have to tell all your friends. I had told nobody. Like I was like going out with all my friends and I was going to tell them that I had this podcast. And like no, none of my friends knew what podcasting was at that point. And I just remember sitting there and I was like, oh, so I like really did a thing, huh? And they were like, you have a hundred. How many followers do you have on Instagram? I was like, we have like five. <laughs> We had, you know, we, and really, I think the, the lesson in that was you just, sometimes you just have to do the thing that you don't know anything about and it's okay where the chips fall. And, you know, was it perfect? Did we make new and noteworthy? No. Was it high quality? If I go back and listen to those first few episodes, I'm like, oh my God, baby. I couldn't even say the word luscious. I had a lisp. So for me saying like, welcome to luscious living podcast podcast and luscious. And then to say my name, Betsy, like on top of it, I mean, come on. It was like, blah, blah, blah. I had to do it 60 times the first time that we had an intro. Cause I deleted the first 10 minutes of our episode PS, by the way. So like there came the intro learning on the fly. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there is this notion that you have to have it all together or you have to be the thing. It's not about, so there's this like be, do, have, right? Like it's not about have, do, then you're, then you be, you be, but I think being sometimes is just being in that beginner mindset, really not judging yourself, giving yourself compassion when you make mistakes, showing up from a place of I've got this, even though I have no sweet clue what I'm doing right now, that's where the magic happens. And so many people, I think, take that be, do, have attitude as like, I have to be her already. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're never going to learn the lessons that you were meant to have. You are never going to learn the things that are what make you truly unique. Being means like just being present even in yourself and accepting the flaws, the, the not knowledge, you know, like just not being ready, but doing it anyway. And so that's really where we were. And that's kind of the, the energy that we've had in our business from day one. It's just, yes, of course, there's times where we slide into how are we going to do this? You know, but I think even those moments are becoming few and far between now because 
we just trust ourselves, which we didn't at the beginning. I didn't at the beginning. I think Laura always trusted herself a little bit more than me, but I didn't at the beginning, but I was, I really wanted to do it. So I, I went with it. Is that true, Laura? You trusted yourself in the beginning a little bit more. Do you like, do you feel like that that's true? I do think I did. I do think I did. Um, you know, we, so like we use human design a lot in our coaching and it, it's, it's so interesting because I mean, human design is an experiment. So you're always working with your own design and, and healing things and growing through them. But it's also interesting to look in retrospect. In many ways, Betsy and I were doing things not correct for our human designs. Betsy, especially as a, as a self-projected projector. But we were also very unconsciously doing a lot of things right. And one of the things like as a generator that I did right is that Betsy asked me, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, uh-huh. No idea why that was my sacral talking and saying, yes, you do. And that the, the beauty in that is that I didn't have to know why, like, I just didn't have to know why it actually made no sense to put that much time and energy into something for an entire year with like no real plan and no, you know, no business, no brand, no, not monetizing really. And yet we did it because it felt right. And so that is me being in my feminine, letting my inner authority be the guide without second guessing it, without judging it, without trying you know, like my mind get in and overcomplicate the scenario. And so I see how I did that really right in the past. And I can carry that lesson forward in it and over the last four years and be like, oh yeah. So these were other times when I actually didn't listen to my sacral and I could have. Yeah. And so there's just, there's so much wisdom in that. So yeah, it really does actually come down to trust. Like I was unconsciously trusting my inner authority um, and it served us really well. Yeah. Okay. So I like, I am, I was gonna say an idiot. Like, like I know nothing about human design and I knew this was coming up. And so it was like, I like the idea of like having this crash course. So I want to talk about like, what is human design? Like for myself, for, for anyone listening, but also I'm so interested to hear, like, I guess kind of where that started playing a role in your business and like where, like when you kind of discovered that and then how that kind of shifted things to yourself and obviously then for your clients, but it has to start with you. Yeah. So we actually were interviewing somebody on the podcast, a friend of ours, and she said, do you guys know your human design? And at that point we were really, we were using the moon in our business. We were, I was very much into astrology and I was like, no, what is this? And she's like, oh, go to this site, look up your chart. And we were like, okay, same thing that you're doing to us right now. We were like, okay, what does this mean? Like, tell me everything. And so human design is a system that's based on astrology, the Kabbalah, I Ching, and Oh, and the chakra system. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, where's my brain going here? Um, so basically what it is, it's where the stars are 90 days before you were born and then where the stars are on the day that you are born. And what it does is it creates this body graph for you. So you really do need to know the time of your birth, where you were born, the date. Um, and so you type it into a little human design chart generator and they spit out all the information that you need to know. It's basically like the Ikea instructions, AC Brown says this, they're like the Ikea instructions on how your energy moves in your body, how it works, how it flows. And I have always been obsessed with energy, probably because I was like the sick kid growing up and I didn't have a lot of energy. And when we were having this interview, she said that, you know, there's five different energy types. So there's generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. And Each of them has their own unique aura. Each has their own unique strategy. Each has their own unique way that they show up in the world. And if you can master that, like just even that one little, like the strategy in your energy type, magic will happen. Things will become a little bit easier for her. 
for you. So she, we looked up our charts. I got projector and I was like, yes. Okay. Thank you. Feed me, feed me, see more like all the information. Like this makes so much sense. Laura got generator, which means 70% of the population has a defined sacral. So they're either generators or manifesting generators, but just that word generator, just like hustle. She was like, what? I want to be a manifester because manifestors sound sexy, right? Like manifestors are like making things happen, right? And um, Laura's like really upset on about like, I'm a generator. Like, what does that even mean? And it was an interesting moment because I'm a projector, which means like it was explained to me very quickly. You're only supposed to work a few hours a day. You're here to be the guide. You know, you have this sort of piercing aura. Either people listen to you or they don't. And I was like, uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. And Laura, as a generator, she was supposed to be doing things that lit her up and she was supposed to be going and she was supposed to be when, when her desires peaked and the energy flows, then she is in her, in alignment for herself. And it was just one of those really great moments where once Laura understood what that meant, she was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I like this. But it was so funny how in that moment I was like, yes, I get to take naps. Like this is the reason I live is for naps. And it, so human design for us has been really amazing. There's so much to it now that we've gone into, I mean, how like profit centers, um, different ways to show up in business. There's all these different variables, your environment, you can learn about your, the ways you're supposed to eat through human design, um, how you manifest, how your brain works, how your mind works. Like there's pro, so many yeah. aspects to human design. It's been four years and I still feel like we're just cracking the surface, but it has definitely been one of those really cool tools to have in our in our business because everybody's unique. And I think in especially in the business space, so many people are selling like one size fits all, which then turns into the hustle. Mm -hmm. If you understand your own unique energy blueprint, all of a sudden that hustle becomes luscious. And that lusciousness becomes this sort of embodiment. And it's not just about what's happening in your business, it's like the outside of your business also supports your business. And then there's like this amazing, incredible energy that you're not drained at the end of the day. You're not hustling in all aspects of your life. And it doesn't, it's no longer like everything is work adjacent. It's kind of this like harmony between everything. That's why I love human design. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm curious if I'm, uh, I want to make sure that I'm like, he, or not projecting my feeling onto it or, or thought about it. But like, I think, is it a big, would you say that a big part of the the positive that has come with you identifying yourself in one of these ways is it allowed you to stop fighting what was just within you anyway, or making yourself wrong for it. And you're just like, Oh, this is how I am. And now yeah. let me just embrace it and use it as a superpower instead of fighting it. Or again, like make, make myself wrong. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You absolutely nailed it. So whether it's our private coaching clients, our clients in our programs, or we do what we call star strategy sessions, which is like a human design reading, like individual one-on-one, -on -one, that is the most common feedback that we get from women is like, oh my God, thank you for giving me permission to be the way that deep down I always wanted to be. And I was between being nurtured by your parents, nurtured through school, nurtured through your career, in, in what you're seeing in the social media space, thinking that you have to do something because it's what everybody else is doing. And that permission, it just opens up this, like, it opens up so much personal power for women to start actually listening to themselves, being their own authority, trusting themselves. And there's just, of course, there's so much more magic and things are going to flow and, and, and the, the hustle is going to feel good in your business again, when you're, it's, it's, you're in alignment with yourself. And I mean, that was also to, the biggest, the thing that actually made me 
love being a generator was that in order to understand a generator, I had to reconceptualize what it meant to work and what it meant to have, like what this defined sacral meant. So when you have a defined sacral, basically it, it generators or many gens often get labeled as being like the worker bees or the, the workhorses of the world. You're the builders, you're building everything. And people look at that. If you're burnt out in your business and you've been all hustle and no luscious, you're going to be like, F you, I'm tired. I want to be a projector. I want to work four hours a day and then take a nap. <laughs> like, why do I have to be the builder? But what, but that's the old paradigm of business and work. The new paradigm is it's not about work. It's about your energy. It's, it's what energy and time is energy. Money is energy. It's all energy. So it's like what you're putting into your business. If it's feeling in alignment, you're lit up about it as a generator or manager you're, you, something piques your desire that will produce the energy that you need and more to do the thing that you want to do. So in a, in a kind of ass backwards way, it's like gens and many gens are actually given permission to be quote unquote selfish. Like we're supposed to do what we want, regardless of how we've been nurtured to think is right or what we should do. You do what you want. It piques your desire. It produces energy. You get to be that little builder and it feels fun and magic happens. And then that's, I mean, that's how the world gets built. 70% of us have this within us. So it's, that's how we're getting things done. Um, and so like that paradigm shift, I was like, oh, now I love being a generator. I get it now. But that the thing is ultimately that's what human design is. It gives you this framework to look at every little thing in your life that's triggering you and like turn it into an activation to turn it on its head and do that deeper work and then come out the other side and be like, oh, I got that lesson now ready to move forward. I think that I imagine you both would agree, but I just think that it's been such an interesting thing for me being an entrepreneur, especially working with other females. And I, I say that this applies to women, whereas I don't know that it doesn't apply to men, but because I work with women, it's, it feels especially relevant, but I feel like we all collectively, you know, we've been taught to, I don't know, just that we're wrong. Like uh, the way we look, like the, the way we want to do X, Y, Z. And just Betsy saying like, Oh, like actually like I allowed myself then to take a nap, like as if we didn't have permission before. Like, I think we spend so much of our time making ourselves wrong for each and every little thing, or again, like trying to fix certain things. And I think I'm just bringing that up again, because I feel like whether it's human design, any of it, I feel like for anybody listening, like you being self-aware, right. Is the most important gift that you can give yourself and like honoring who you actually are and like trusting that instead of again, fighting it. And I think it's such a thing that really applies to, um, like you said, the one size fits all kind of concept, right. Where like everyone is again, selling courses, selling programs, selling group things, which I do as well. And I'm always trying to say like, everything I'm saying, like, this is my system. That's why I'm selling it, but like, put it through your filter and like, make sure that you're applying it to a way that works for you instead of like fighting who you actually are. Cause that's never going to work in the first place. And so I, I don't know. I just wanted to like point that out in the sense that like, yes, it is who you are being. And then of course it's going to be what you do with that energy, but like, stop fighting who you actually are and give yourself the gift, the permission to really get to know yourself and honor it versus fighting it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you were saying that I was thinking about <laughs> so random, the black widow just came out, you know, the movie, the black widow with Scarlett mm -hmm. Johansson. And there's been a lot of talk in the news about how she looked tired in the movie. And like, we're sitting here and we're tearing apart like a 36 year old woman for looking tired. Okay. 
she's a superhero. She's fighting all the time. And if you look at it in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, she's supposed to be tired. She just went through like this traumatic event in her life. And it's funny because my mom was saying something to me about, I love that movie. Like it was so good. We saw it last weekend. And then she's like, but Scarlett Johansson looked tired. I was like, mom, you are buying into the narrative that we have to be perfect all the time. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, if Captain America showed up and he was tired, you would be like, poor baby. Can I build him, bake him a pie? That will help him. I definitely would. Yeah. (laughs) I know, right? I would bake Chris Evans a pie any day of the week. Call me. Um, But she's like, I was like, you would bake him a pie. But because Scarlett Johansson is a woman, there is this sort of standard that we have to be above it. We have to be better than. We have to show up perfect. We have to have the right hair color, the right makeup, the right this, the right that. We have to get fillers. We have to have eyebrows. Like, you know, it's like, when does that actually end? And I think I was talking about this with Laura this morning. You know, we're sort of in this, it's, we're in this funny place in business right now where it's all about content creation, you know, and you hear that and people are selling like content creation, content creation. Are you actually being creative with your content or are you just producing? Mm-hmm. And it really is because we are keeping up appearances as, as women. I think that there is this, we push through things that we don't necessarily need to be pushing through or we should be pushing through because we feel like we have to live up to the narrative. We have to, you know, fit the mold. And it's like at what we all believe that at some point in our success, then we're going to be the person that we want to be. And then we can rewrite the rules. It doesn't happen that way. You have to break the rule first in order to fully express yourself as that person. And so this conversation, I mean, it's like, I came home and I was like, God, I want to just smash the patriarchy, but it's true. It's like, I should be able to show up and look tired and still give you incredible creative content that's mine without being judged for it. And, you know, it's a sad sort of, I think, especially with the pandemic, the pressure on women right now to perform, the pressure to produce, the pressure to do more, to break more barriers. It really, it really gives a new competitive slant to the online space that isn't truly healthy. And then layer that with a bunch of spiritual practices that then bypass what's actually happening. And it's a, it's a shitstorm in my humble opinion. And I don't know, I just, yeah, human design, at least for me, like circling back to that whole point. I mean, it's not about me only working four hours. Trust me. It's a lot harder to only work four hours than it is to show up and work like an eight hour day. Um, but again, that's part of my journey and it has given me, it's not about me taking a nap. It gave me permission at the beginning to take a nap, but like, I don't nap anymore. I don't need to nap because my energy's in check. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's really the inner work. That's the deeper work that is not allowing the situation around you to dictate how you show up. And I want more women to do that. Like feel very strongly about that. Absolutely. And I think that even just going back to like the whole, like, again, like being your ideal person, like however you want to say that, like she doesn't fucking exist because like you can be, you can be a size two tomorrow and be in the best relationship and have $2 million in your bank account. And you're still going to like fall down the steps sometimes. And like all these things are still going to happen. And I think so often, so much of our misery in life and in business comes from romanticizing this happily ever after. And, and of course that's combined with the fact that we've lived with, again, the media, all these kind of things, telling ourselves that anything less than perfect is wrong and that you're going to have the spotlight on you. And I think that like the answer to so much of this is just calm the fuck down on a daily basis, right? Like do what you need to do, do it to the best of your ability. And then like get back up tomorrow and understanding that you're going to have those bad days. And again, to kind of come back to this whole entire conversation, the more that we can then 
be self-aware versus fighting who we actually are, the journey all gets a lot easier. And I think we all can agree that like, I, I imagine you guys would say too, that like, you would rather have a, like a peaceful, right. Business versus trying to hit this peak or this, whatever it is, like, because you're supposed to, or because you're trying to like one up the next person. Like, I think that's what we all want security, Mm -hmm. peace, happiness. And so again, the more you can embrace who you are and just do the damn things versus fighting it. And again, comparing yourselves to so many unrealistic standards, the more you're going to enjoy your business. And then that's when you actually are going to actually probably get the results that you want a hell of a lot more easily. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I think it's a really exciting time because there's there are women out there right now who are reworking the how and by by not by howing it like because how is masculine. Mm-hmm. It's like how we do something that's pure masculine. So and this is not to take away from or to diminish the successes of any of the women who have, you know, soared to high heights going before us, but a lot of them did it. I would argue probably almost all of them did it in the masculine um, a really great example of that was like Ariana Huffington. She wrote that book about sleep. I mean, she had a complete and total body breakdown and she almost ruined all of her relationships on her way, like at the top and trying to stay at the top. And that was what took her on a new journey of trying to like, how do I remake my health and my life and honor my sleep and honor my time and honor my energy. But I think what's the interesting thing that's happening right now is that there are those of us who it's like, instead of shooting to the top through the masculine and having to sort ourselves out afterwards, it's like, what if we could get to where we want to be? You're right in the feminine. What if we could just have it feel right? And that's a new, that's uncharted territory. In my opinion, there's not a lot of women who are doing that. There are women, other, other women in the coaching space, I believe who are doing it right now, which is really exciting to me. Yeah, no, it is. It is really exciting. And I think that like, the coaching world almost, I feel like we have a one-up on the rest of the world in this weird way that like, Mm -hmm. we're, we're asking the deeper questions to others and and to ourselves that like, I was saying this yesterday to somebody, but like, it's so not crazy to me. I I understand it, but it's like, you're talking about like weight loss or something like that. And you go on, let's say Pinterest, like when you type in weight loss, 99.9% of it is going to be a new workout, like a new way of eating. And nobody is talking about the fact that like your emotions and your trauma Mama is fucking with you way more than like whether or not you're eating bread past 5 p.m. Like it's like, like we don't, it's not again, it's, it's just so not mainstream or so not known that like, I don't know, just so much of this is again deeper. And it's not about what you do as much as it is about who you're being when you do any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a really great example. So like Laura and I, because I'm a projector, she's a generator. So based even on our human design, I'm only supposed to eat to feed my brain. That's it. Laura, on the other hand, because she's got a defined sacral, she is supposed to feed her sacral. It is like, her engine. It is her nom, center. Nom, 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 nom. All the time. <laughs> so like I wear an Apple watch and on the days when I am like really, really in the business and I'm thinking and I'm writing content or we've got lots of coaching calls, I burn more calories than on the days where I'm not coaching, not working. And like, I do a big, long workout. That's so interesting. Riddle me that Batman. Okay. Because it like that, when I really started paying attention to that, I was like, oh my God. So for me, like I can't fast because I have this open sacral. I have this undefined sacral. And so for me, it's like, if I fast and I'm literally running on like nothing, but I just have to feed my brain. And one of the things that happened, my dad died last year and everything went sideways. Like I was just out of it on many levels. And I gained about 45 pounds, just like 
over the between COVID and my dad, he got sick at the beginning and then we had him on hospice and then there was like, then he passed and then it was like, whoa, like whatever, black hole of abyss. So in January, I started playing. My sister was like, let's do this fasting thing. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then my other sister joined in. And so then it became like this whole family thing and they're doing their little, like they're both gens and they're doing their little thing and it was working for them and it was not working for me. So I was like, well, okay, I got to still play the game. So I'm going to start eating based on my human design. And I only would like feed my brain. So if I got hungry during the day, I was like, yep, I'll eat something, but I was eating small. Anyway, I lost like 35 pounds in like two months and it has stayed off and I haven't had any weight fluctuations. And it's just been like this very different and it's not normal. And I even have had to say to my mom, like, I can't eat like you, like we have to have this conversation over and over and over again. And, and, you know, it's like, I'm okay with that because I can stand in the truth of like, I know that this works for me. I feel so much better when I do this this way. But if I were to go by like conventional, what the TV shows tell you or what the diet gurus or like even a nutritionist, I was, I'm certified as a health coach. If I went based on the nutritionist that I talked to, I would be eating three times as much food as my body can handle, or my body can break down on any given day. And I did that for so long that that's part of why I was suffering. And, you know, I think this new, like leading with the feminine, it's not just about your business. It really is like this whole piece. It's a whole package. It's a relationship. It's quality of life, really. Oh my God. Yeah. Food and how you show up outside of your business. It affects how you are in your business. And I think sometimes that's a really hard pill to swallow because it's like, Oh no, I got to do all this work in all these areas. And it's like, no, you pick one, you start there, you feel good there. And then it's like the cup overflows into the next thing. And then the next thing it's like your champagne tower, right? So fill the first cup up and let it trickle down. And by the end of it, you've got like the great Gatsby and like Leonardo DiCaprio is coming to you with your glass. (laughs) Right. And it like feels really good and feels really juicy. That to me is that to me is abundance, right? Like the cup overflows and then it overflows and it overflows and it never feels overwhelming. Like this year has not felt over overwhelming at all. Mm -hmm. I love the champagne analogy. And I think that I, I, I just love that. Like I love, and I hate that. Like the way that you said, um, it's like, we feel like we have to do so much work in so many areas, but like the work was just trusting yourself in the first place. Like we mm-hmm. like how many, yeah. How many, how much money do we spend on everything from, you know, workout things to business, like courses, all of the things just to like come back to who we actually are. Mm-hmm. But the big- see, I, I have a very different view on that. And I'm glad that you said that because I actually think all the courses and stuff that we sign up for, I, so I'm, I am all about like my profiles are three, five. So it's like all about living through experiences. And I used to do that. Like I used to really shame myself for spending money on things like, you know, 120 bucks a month on yoga. And then I'm like paying for this and I'm paying for this course. And I think we seek and seek and seek. And eventually we learn like, yeah, no, that's not for me. And sometimes it is spending money or investing in something that really, once you get in there, you're like, oh no, sometimes that's just a lesson we have to learn. And so to me, it's, it's, it's okay. If you've bought courses and you haven't finished them, it's okay. If you signed up for a coach and you didn't really like them, it's okay. If you've tried something and you failed, I just wish more women would accept failure as a good thing instead of a bad thing, because those are the biggest lessons. And 1 million percent. Like you, it's yeah. just like with dating any of it, like you, 
you don't, there's no the one because the one wouldn't be the one if you didn't have the shitheads before it. Like, like that, like you only know by learning and making the quote unquote mistakes. I just like, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think some of like the, the worst quote unquote investments I've made have been the best ones because it taught me how I wanted to do business. But I think that it's like, I, I, I specifically referenced it because I notice myself, if I have a moment where I'm anxious or I'm feeling like I'm not happy with how an area of my life is going, I can still catch myself like going into seeking mode and gathering mode. Like got to find a book that'll fix this. Got to find that. And it's like, no, just remember what you already fucking know. And so I think this like the combination of all of that. It's like peeling away all of the other layers and sometimes quieting the outside noise and coming back. Like you said, like, like the vesting and like coming back to what you already know in the first place about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why human design, I mean, we started studying human design, like Betsy said, like four years ago, we integrated it for ourselves. We started using it behind the scenes with our private coaching clients. And then it just became this thing like we couldn't shut up about. So then it like burst out on a podcast and it's in programs and things now, but the, yeah, the biggest lesson there is you're right. It's like the answer is with inside of you always. And it's like, we don't need to keep, you know, filling up ourselves with more and more and more. It's like, you know, what do you already have in your house? You know, it's like being an adult, open the fridge. Like, do we need to order more food tonight? Or could I just open the fridge and work with what we've got here? And nine times out of 10, you can absolutely, you you can and should work within yourself first and then use your inner authority to decide like, is that coach right for me? Or is that program right for me? And there's a huge forgiveness piece too. I think um, that comes with the healing with your human design that comes with like the moving forward in your journey as, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You spend money on things and then you're like, Oh my God, why did I do that? We didn't even use the course. Mm -hmm. Like what the F and then it's just like that forgiveness piece and letting it go is so freeing and and trust that you'll grow from it. Totally. Mm -hmm. All right. So I feel like we could talk forever, but I think that, and this is probably a big question, but I kind of want to end and wrap up on this. Obviously, if you're, you know, working with a female entrepreneur and like a client and they're coming to you, obviously one of the first things that we're going to do is figure out their human design itself. But I'm curious of like, I don't know, like one tip each of you could give in terms of how you help them start on this path towards the luscious helps hustle of combining the feminine and the masculine and really like understanding how to know themselves. And I understand it's going to be different, like per like, depending on who they are, but just, I don't know, any lasting kind of points that you think would be helpful for anybody thinking about doing human design or thinking this way. I would say, I mean, you're you're right. We do look at their human design. I mean, within the first conversation, we can suss out pretty quickly or where you're in on the spectrum of masculine and feminine. And it is a wide spectrum. Like there's divine feminine, wounded feminine, divine masculine, wounded masculine, and it's all on a sliding scale. And so it's, we can figure out pretty quickly where someone's at and, and what it is that they're trying to control. (laughs) And that's just said with love because we've been there too. Everyone's trying to control some element of their life or business and it's, there's resistance and it's not happening. So it's like, are we trying to control it from the wounded masculine, the wounded feminine? And then it's like, okay, figuring out what it is that they deeply desire. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to get you into alignment. We're going to use your human design to like shoot the arrow in the correct direction and have that feel really, really good. And I guess the other thing too, is, you know, I I would say, I know, hearing the words like wounded feminine for a woman, it's not fun to be told like you're in your wounded feminine right now, which we would never, we don't say that directly to clients, but well, Betsy and I can say it to each other. Cause we have that kind of relationship, but oh, I say it, it to clients sometimes. Like it, if I really it, need to get through, to like, 
Exclusive. But I, you know, the thing to notice is that, I mean, it's like you can be overall vibrating at a very high frequency in your life and circumstances will still happen to you. You will still have a, a good day or bad day or an annoying moment or a frustrating this or that. And so it's just noticing like you can be overall in a high frequency in your, in your divine feminine, but you'll have these like little wounded moments. And it's like where you can pick up on that moment and, and have so much self-awareness be like, Ooh, I am being a bit of a victim right now. How can I course correct? And having so much grace with yourself to do so, as opposed to identifying that you're in the wounded feminine being like, Oh my God, again, I am so stuck here. And like being hard on yourself. So it's like, can we move forward with grace or can we, or do we get stuck in even more wounded? I would think that I think that's the biggest guiding piece. It's the reason we use the moon. It's the reason we use human design is like you can guide yourself into that higher frequency. And then, and then when the circumstances of life happen, because they happen to everybody constantly, you get to choose to move through them even through your personal power, as opposed to letting them like take you down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree with her. (laughs) (laughs) Everything she said. Everything she said. Yeah. I mean, the only other piece to this is especially you know, for one-to-one coaching in particular, I think the thing that I love the most about the coaching that we do is being able to hold that space for women. We needed it at the beginning of our business. We've needed it in those big shifting moments where it's like, we had this vision and we were like, how are we going to get there? Like we did six figures our first year. We wouldn't have done that without a coach, without somebody in our corner that was saying like, yes. And so for us, like the human design, being able to hold that space for someone to be that reflection for them, um, that to me is the thing that makes it the most incredible work because it's not just about helping somebody see themselves. It's well, that's really at the end of the day, what it is like, it's really being able to help somebody see themselves because that's the hardest thing to do right now. If you're going to be the person, you have to be able to see the person. Well, right. And then move forward. And I think like, I think it's a, when we talk about wounds, if we talk about trauma, I think there are those moments that can really take people down. Right. But like, I'm always kind of like, as you're, you know, if I was your friend, let's go get a drink. Let's, you know, like sob on my shoulder, but like you hired me to be your business coach. So like at the end of the day, we got to keep it moving. Right. Yeah. And so again, just like being able to give, like do it to yourself with kindness and kind of like reminding yourself who you are. I imagine remembering that so that you can move people forward. It'll, it allows everybody to kind of uh, progress a little bit easier without it having to be this bypassing, you know, pretending it's not there kind of thing. Yeah. The one big thing, like with human design, the one thing that always surprises me is, um, so 70% of the population has an undefined ego heart center, which means 70% of the population does not have defined motivation. We don't have the capacity to just continually push through things and be motivated all the time. And the thing with women that, I love is that we have this 28 day energy cycle where men have a 24 hour energy cycle, the masculine. And so it's really understanding we're not meant to be on all the time as women and you can do more with less. And that, that to me is the piece that we have been drilling down on for three years. Like it's part of the backbone of luscious hustle. It's just, you can do more with less. It doesn't make you less than because you are not doing more, you know, like the, the worthiness piece and the motivation piece. And it's not about being on all the time, you know, and to me, human design has been the, the tool that has helped us really drill into that with people, but also the moon, because the 28 day cycle, it lines up with the feminine energy. Um, 
and you know, again, it's just a journey and we're like so lucky to be on this journey. I know you are the same way. It's like, we're so lucky to be living in a time where this is, these are the conversations that we can have and we can rewrite this generational stuff that's been passed down to us. And we can rewrite what it looks like to be successful and we can support other women and still be abundant. And there's space for all of us. Those are the conversations that I want to keep having. And I know Laura wants to keep having, um, because yeah, of course they're uncomfortable. We trigger people all the time, but that's okay. I don't look at it. They say I trigger them. I'm like, it's an activation and we can choose again, trigger, activate, which feels better to you. Like to me, I'd rather be activating. So yeah, that's where my head is these days. No, absolutely. And I also think that I'm somebody just as a personal note, I spent 34 years of my life, uh, you know, burying the triggers, if if you will, you know, like numbing them with certain things. And I'm in this new place of like being more aware of all of it. And like, what a better, more powerful, more beautiful gift to give yourself to feel things and to, again, like allow it to activate things within you. So you understand it versus again, operating almost blind or numb and that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, thank you both for being here. Let everybody know where they can hear more from you, where the best places to connect with you and all of that. So the best place to connect with us is on Instagram. We are at luscious.hustle. That's where we hang out the most. We also have a private uh, Facebook group called Level Up by Luscious Hustle. Um, And then it's just our website, www.luscioushustle.com. And we have an episode a week on our podcast, uh, Luscious Hustle. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being here. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be so incredibly grateful if you shared it with somebody that you think it would resonate with, share it on social media, let everybody know the important takeaways that you had. It means so much to me and it is so helpful for the show overall. And so thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And until next time, you're fucking welcome. Welcome.